Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, this is of the instant reaction variety. Uh, always fun to do, at least when there's positive news out there. And uh, we'll make this a offensive line instant reaction podcast. Had a commitment a couple days ago from a high school prospect that we'll talk to. But uh, uh, last night, later last night, uh, around 830 or so, Dylan Gibbons, uh, prospect originally from Clearwater, uh, played at Notre Dame, makes it official that he's in fact transferring to Florida State. Um, excited about that. Excited to be able to add a uh, significant contributor to a group that uh, is desperately in need of it. But yeah, we'll just jump in uh, like we do in these instant reaction style. It'll be a quick edit, try to get it to you as soon as possible. And then we're actually returning uh, tonight for a more uh, longer traditional null cast. So Good to talk to you in general, bud. Look forward to talking to you twice in one day, and let's jump into this offensive line conversation. Ooh, uh, before we do, episode. we'll thank Louisiana Hot Sauce. Uh, we'll thank Tarpon Sellers, and we will thank our team at Madison Social that's been with us since day one and uh, jump into some some positive offensive line talk here. I'm excited, man. Um, obviously, foundation of the program, you need to build the offensive line, foundation of your home. If you need a home loan, Legendary Home Loans, 844-FSU-LOAN. Give Shannon and Chad a call, 844-FSU-LOAN. Closed another one last week. I saw so really, really excited about that. Um, last night, Monday night, they get word that Dylan Gibbons, originally from, from Clearwater, Notre Dame offensive lineman, uh, has decided to join the program and come in as a graduate transfer. You guys know I think the Nolcast has been probably the show out of all the FSU shows that has been on top of the need to get another offensive lineman who can give you capable snaps, whether that's as a starter or as maybe your, your top backup. And I just think they, they, they need to keep attacking this with, with college ready bodies so that they can ensure that they don't go, you know, three and nine, that they don't go four and eight, right? You need to, to do everything you can to ensure that you don't have a disaster season because right now, this is an important season for the program. You don't need to have a great season. You probably won't have a great season. But you do need to avoid something that looks like a step back from year one because you've built up some good recruiting momentum in the background because, as we'll discuss on the next episode, you know there are some factors that, that will really help FSU's chances of signing a top 10 class this year. Not guaranteed, but certainly will help. And I think Dylan Gibbons is a player who can help them get to a bowl game six foot five three ten you know e e even if that's a little off from notre dame you know maybe he's i don't know six four three oh five he's a college ready body he's been in the irish system for four years that is probably the what would you call that the third best offensive line program over his college cycle most likely i would say one is probably bama and two oklahoma um Maybe Notre Dame's right there. Maybe the Irish are, are, are even with OU. Um, normally, you probably wouldn't be that excited, right, about taking a player in who wasn't a starter at, at his prior school. But we just saw Alabama take Jamison Williams, who's not a starter at receiver for Ohio State. And this is, I mean, literally, like, that's Bama doing this. FSU is, I think, getting a player here who is mature, who can be a, a decent quality player for you in the ACC, which for the Knowles, that represents to me a significant upgrade 
over whether that's one of their guards. Maybe that's a, a swing tackle. Maybe the most important thing here is is who uh, is not going to be listed on the 2D. But I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's nothing but a good thing. I don't think uh, Gibbons will be exceptional anywhere, whether it's tackle, guard, he even could fill in at center at a pinch if you had to uh, have him do so. I do think he's a significant um, – you know, razor of the floor everywhere. I, I think what you said is uh, uh, originally is, is exactly that. I mean, this is this season's about not running into an iceberg. It's about not putting up some kind of nasty <laughs> uh, win loss record that that runs a lot of these kids off that you're trying to put together for a top ten class. And, and Gibbons is a big part of uh, of preventing catastrophe uh, and allowing you to be as competent as you can be at a position that you desperately been searching and seeking competency for a while. So, um, I mean, ideally, I think he's a guard, uh, but he could certainly help you at tackle. Like I said, could help you at center. Uh, but it's about, you know, not only getting the best five on the field, uh, it's about, you know, creating the the best eight, maybe nine, if ha- if need be, uh, that play and, and giving you, uh, you know, snaps that you feel comfortable uh, with guys playing at this level. And, and Givens, I know we only started one game, uh, I know he's a backup. He's uh, been in a great system. He's been coached well. Uh, he'll be an asset to this program and, and a real big pickup. Yeah, I, I think the coach well part of that is is important. Um, Notre Dame has really done a great job of developing, developing its offensive lineman. Now, he was not a starter for the Irish. Um, I think he was actually not going to be a starter this year, despite the fact they lost a couple guys to the draft. I know he entered spring as somebody who – uh, was looked at as a potential starter, but the Irish have recruited extremely well. And, and I think the level of talent there at Notre Dame is, is just greater than, than what he has. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't be a good player for you at Florida state. I mean, you're talking about uh, one of the, the worst offensive lines in the power five. Um, that's going to have a lot more opportunity for playing time than, than, you know, arguably uh, one of like the ver- two or three best in the whole country. I think there's a lot to like here. He's a decently athletic prospect, not like NFL athlete, but he he's not he's not sloppy. Uh, I think he can move a little bit. He's not super big, like he's not crazy strong looking. Uh, but actually, he played last year. He started against Syracuse, played okay against Syracuse. You know, PFF grade I think was in the the 60s, and then he actually came in uh, when. Was it Eichenberg who got hurt against FSU? Who, who got who got poked in the eye? Yeah, um, you know, so he he came in against Florida State and actually did a pretty good job. Now, keep in mind here, we also would point out in that game that FSU's linebackers that that, that was the day they were playing uh, Dix and uh, and what's his name, and they were like woefully out of place. They just had no idea what they were doing. That that the Notre Dame game was the game where FSU basically just committed to uh, to playing the younger guys on defense and just, just let them go out there and go fast. So some of the angles that those backers took in that game were, were regrettable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it makes it a little bit easier to, to block them if they're just running themselves out of the play. But he did show good athleticism in space. He came in, at, like that was the backup they trusted in the game that was uh, somewhat close to start, if you recall. And he looked, he looked okay. I, I just getting somebody who knows what they're doing, who, you know, you can throw into an ACC game, 
who won't completely, um, you know, just mess himself. Yeah. That's a like that. That's a really big deal. Think about who, if you're if you're doing your two deep now. Think about who is not in this two deep, right? Like, I don't think that Chaz Neal and Jalen Goss are in your two deep now, in any way. Those guys as third stringers don't bother don't bother me quite as much, because you know if you have devastating injuries and, and you know you're losing four or five guys, okay, like your season's screwed anyway. But not not having them come into the game just because one guy went down or just because two guys went down, that that's that's a pretty big deal. You have three guys at tackle who I think they like at tackle in Devontae Taylor. We'll see how he comes off the injury. There's no guarantee he's going to be a good player coming off this injury, you know, or even a decent one, but we'll see. He, he was a, a, you know, probably their best offensive lineman for a decent part of the season last year. Uh, you also have Robert Scott and Darius Washington, who I think they believe can be good players down the line. Not good players now, but, but they're getting better. On the inside, Brady Scott has a lot of experience. You have Maurice Smith, you have Bavion, you have Dante Lucas. So that that's that's six players I just named there who I think they feel okay about. Plus, now you have Dylan Gibbons. That makes seven. If you get Thomas Schrader back at some point this year, that could be eight. It also most likely means that you don't have to lean on Willis or True Fresh and Rod Orr early on in the year. And I think that's a good thing because Willis is a player, just my own personal timeline for him, is somebody who probably doesn't start until he's like a redshirt junior. He'll be a redshirt freshman this year. In my opinion, that is probably too early to be throwing him in uh, for a lot of snaps. I, at this point, I don't think you'll have to, most likely. Rod Orr, pretty raw as a prospect, a guy who should come in and, and most likely sit and develop for at least a year under coach Alex Atkins. And I think this move will uh, facilitate their ability to do that. So I, I think this is most notable really for uh, who does this, who does this lessen the possibility you have to throw in? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, that it's also, uh, you know, you're not forcing anybody in uh, that's, that's not ready. Let you go about the maturation prospect of the two kids that you talked about in general and, Hey, uh, you know, you got two years of eligibility with this kid. So a good opportunity to work him and find out where you think he fits best. uh, Some of these other complimentary pieces. And it's a a big, big pickup for a unit that uh, desperately needed it. And uh, Hey, that's, we're not going to make too much of this, but this is one of the things that we needed to talk. We needed to see um, to really start to entertain some of the more optimistic ideas out there. Now, not saying Florida State's going to win nine games because they got a, uh, Notre Dame offensive alignment or anything else, but it certainly helps prevent the worst case scenario and uh, is nothing but a significant pickup for the program overall. And I, I think they're still in the market, by the way, for another one. Um, like if, if, if somehow a, a tackle who fits the sweet spot for them and the sweet spot for them is basically a tackle who other players or other major players in the portal don't mm-hmm. want but they feel I can help them that that that's sort of the sweet spot. Cause there are still a ton of teams out there who really would like a tackle who wants another tackle and they just don't, 
they don't have the ability to, to go get one uh, right now because they don't feel like there's somebody in the portal who can help them. We've seen that, by the way, with FSU. They, there have been tackles in the portal who we know from our sources, they don't believe we're good enough to help them. And maybe they'll be right on that. Maybe they, maybe they won't. But that was their, their belief. They're still looking. If, if another tackle hits the portal, I, I think they would, who they actually like, I think they would be willing to use another scholarship on that player. We think they have one scholarship left. That's what that's what we we well that's what we're told. But um, you know, hopefully that is correct information. I think they could also look at another defensive end if another stud receiver hit the portal. I think that's possible too. That uh, those are probably the positions that you would look at the most, unless for some reason like like a lockdown corner hits it or something, and you're like, well. All right, uh, force our hand here if we have to take one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. If you have, if you found an immediate contributor linebacker, they'd entertain that as well, in my opinion. But, yes, yes, good point, exactly. But like, no more running backs, you know, that, not, <laughs> not none of that kind of stuff. I don't think we are we're good good at running back for the time. Yeah, being, you, so. you, you don't need another like decent running back who's going to be going pro in something other than sports. Uh yeah, let's let's find a outside linebacker or a uh, offensive tackle, please. So, uh, now Gibbons is a great step in that direction. Uh, Florida State did find an offensive tackle uh, of the high school variety, not somebody necessarily that will uh, be in discussion for uh, snaps uh, anytime soon. But uh, Alou Ba, really interesting prospect, uh, big physical kid out of uh, IMG Academy. I think he's listed. Uh, six six three eighteen varies a little bit depending on where you look, but that'll give you a decent idea as to the the frame on the kid. Uh, originally from Memphis, Tennessee, I believe, ranked as the uh, 49th best tackle in the country. Currently by two four seven, um, a raw prospect. Most of his most of his IMG tape is at guard. Uh, some of the Memphis stuff is at tackle, but uh, you know maybe a kid that a couple years projects as a as a right tackle and somebody that you can be pretty excited about getting nice uh nice win for Florida State on the recruiting trail Pierce as though they beat uh Florida as their main competition which is always good to get a win over uh, the lads in Gainesville there and uh, a really nice pickup out of the IMG Academy yeah i i think this is a this is a a a pretty pretty savvy move but by, by Florida State we we knew he was coming in at uh for, for, for an official visit in June. He, he was a player they were recruiting. Uh, the, the one key thing here with Ba is like, I, I went to IMG. I think we talked about this on, on the podcast, me, me going down to IMG. Um, was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago? We, we, we did an episode and we discussed it. He He's a player who was like pretty highly rated early on in, in his high school career. And then I thought he got a bit heavy. And I was kind of like, all right, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if this if, if he is overrated, right? Just one of these guys who carries a high rating from from his his younger years, and maybe there are better guys than him now. Maybe there's some guys who have passed him up, uh, largely because I, I I thought he looked heavy in some photos that I had seen. But he's actually lost a decent bit of weight and looked to be in good shape. The coaching staff there at IMG, which includes Trey Thomas, the 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 former Noel great who played for what, probably a decade in the league with, with the Eagles and maybe another team too. I'm trying to remember. He likes him. I know FSU has, has been in contact obviously. And I, I think they got pretty good information that Ba had lost weight. And this is, 
this is an encouraging player. I think they took the weight loss as a positive sign. Uh, you know, he has some some decent athletic testing numbers. I I, I know, uh, and like I don't know. To me, he doesn't look six six. Man, I think he's probably like like six five flat. But still, like if you're only inflated by an inch, that's not bad. And I I can buy the three eighteen. I, I think that's yeah. Like if I had to eyeball him, I'd say he's probably like six five three twenty. I think he looked like he was probably like 340-ish in some stuff I had seen. So it's good. it was good to see him in person. Um, maybe he'll get to play some tackle this year for IMG. Maybe he won't. They actually have a player down there at IMG. Um, oh, shoot. Well, this is live radio since we're not, not going to edit this one. We're just going to go go straight to your ears. Uh, who's playing defensive tackle. He's a, a, a American Samoa player. Uh, for them, but we, we think at 24 seven, he's probably one of the top offensive tackles in the country. So um, we'll see if that kid ends up playing tackle and whether Bob plays guard uh, for them again this year. I agree with you. I think he'll come in as a guard. There's a chance he could play tackle like, you know, later on in his career. He's a dude who has good power. I think for his size, he has decent bend um, and certainly a player that a lot of schools were, were intrigued by and, I think FSU got information, got got good info uh, about his, you know, his, his body comp that uh, you know, maybe they got a little, little bit earlier than some other schools did. Also, I'll tell you this. I, he was actually snapping in practice. They're, they're, they were running some drills and, and he was snapping to Duffy and, uh, and they weren't off target. So I talked to him about it. He said, yeah, you know, I, I kind of like the snap and it, it, it adds to my versatility. I'm like, oh, cool. There you go. Uh, that's that's never a bad thing to have have a, a player with a you know college sized body who's able to snap the ball a little bit. Now doing it in games a little bit different, but still a decent sign that he's already working on it. Some I'll say this: he's actually pretty creative. Like he is, he's the guy who makes the uh, the, the the Photoshop edits. Well, I'm not sure if he uses Photoshop, but uh, a lot of these kids use you know some kind of graphic editor on their phone he does the edits for these guys. Like I was talking to Tyler Booker, who's a, a five-star uh, O tackle for them at IMG. And he's like, yeah, uh, Alu is actually making, um, making my, my personal brand logo, you know, for name, image, and likeness. Really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was kind of neat. So, so I guess he's the, the guy who makes, makes some logos and, and edits for those dudes down there. That's cool. That's cool to hear that a kid's got an interest like that and that uh, he's doing that for teammates. Um, look at, you know, IMG is a, of a different than any other high school out there. And, and I've, uh, you know, long since laughed at the idea of pipelining IMG and I'm certainly let's get the not pipeline coming. Going. Let's get the pipeline going, bro. It's almost pipeline. there. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> how much does having Duffy committed help you here? I mean, is this, is that something that you would say is, is a, significant uh, pivot in the recruitment uh does it play no role at all what what is having a high school quarterback again img is a bird of a different feather uh but i mean you, you have to think that's only an asset as you uh were in the chase for mr Bach. i i think it actually is a factor now i completely we're on the same page we've been on the same page for a while you and i uh hell sometimes we agree too much on this show that you're not going to pipeline img IMG has too many kids from two different, too many different parts of the country who are most likely going to return to their home region. Boz from, what is he from? He's from Mississippi or, or from, from Memphis? I thought he was from Memphis. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. It, it's up, it's up in that area. Like, 
know, because Memphis is obviously pretty pretty damn close to to North Mississippi. Um, you're never going to pipeline IMG. I do think to your your question, and Duffy uh, does play a role here. Certainly, he's Boz going to be a player that Duffy w- was impressed with. And look, Duffy just got there, so it's not like these guys are lifelong friends, but certainly they're around each other quite a bit now. And I do think it, it was a, a helpful factor in getting Aluba, and that, that's that's a good piece for them. FSU is likely going to take a, a good-sized offensive line class this year. I think that they are probably going to take five high school linemen if they can. This is an important year for Coach Alex Atkins, I, I, I would say. Um, they, they did not like the offensive line crop last year that they were seriously in it for. And we told y'all, this is what our sources were saying early on. Like They don't feel they're in, they're in a great spot for many of these top kids. They have to uh, work on cultivating the image of that room. They have to work on building, you know, building Alex Atkins as a brand and let him try to establish some of these relationships, even though they are over Zoom. And uh, I think that they have they have done that. I anticipate that that Coach Atkins will be able to do a good job and land a quality, deep group of offensive linemen. You know, th- this cycle. Like they're they're still in it for for Quayshon Sapp and, and and Charlton and um, I think they're in a decent spot for some of these tackles. I feel like they they have a good position with with Dr. Richardson. My thoughts on on Armella are pretty well known on on this show. I think the longer that his recruitment goes, the better it is for the Knowles. I'm just not sure how many schools are going to hold spots. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. We'll have to see. I mean, if he goes out and totally balls at Aquinas, then it is entirely possible that everybody will will hold spots for him. If not, you know, sometimes those those spots fill up and your options are are narrowed. I also think Antavius Woody out of Alabama is, is another name to watch. That's going to be kind of an FSU and Auburn battle. Atkins has done a good job cultivating that relationship with him. And then you have your sort of shoot the moon guys like, like Elijah Pritchett, who it's it's flattering, I'm sure, to FSU that they're even in the conversation here with with Georgia and Alabama. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. <laughs> That's not an easy one to win, given where those programs are and where you are right now on the field. Uh, but ultimately, I think that they are doing a, a good job recruiting the offensive line right now. They have to land them, but they took a bit of a gamble by not taking players last year who may or may not have been able to help them. They wanted to be able to sell playing time. And I believe they're able to sell that playing time now. And Coach Atkins has done a good job establishing these relationships. All right, bud, real quickly, uh, you just referenced that sometimes we may uh, agree uh, too frequently here. Please (laughs) give me pushback if you think I'm making something out of nothing. Uh, Immediately after the commitment last night, and I mean immediately, you saw tons of tweets from current Florida State players, uh, Burrell, Jordan Travis, uh, Corbin, Dante Love Taylor. One thing that stood out to me, Dante Lucas, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to be critical of a kid here, but I if <laughs> I'm not sure I would have ever pegged Dante Lucas to put out a tweet about the better offensive line group getting better. Um, overall, I think his exact tweet was, "Hell yeah, we just added another member to the OL room. Let's build upon greatness." Does somebody sending out a tweet on May 10th mean that you're going to be any better? No, I'm not trying to give you all some kind of crazy. Pollyanna description as to what this is going to look like, but 
if that was organic and if that was a kid who <laughs> is eagerly excited about more people joining the room, then Florida State's done an awful lot with the culture there and is uh, putting a good good system in place that's you know creating competition. And again, I'm not going to make too much of a single tweet, just something that caught my eye. And um, hey, if 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 you continue to bring Lucas upon the the path and uh, continue to round him out as, as both a player and a person, then there's certainly an awful lot to work with there. And just something that, that caught my eye as the flurry of social media activity was out there last night in response to the commitment. I think it's really important to establish the culture and look, does this mean Dante Lucas is going to be consistent in all of his actions? No. Does it mean that it's a positive sign? I think it's hard not to. You'd have to be pretty damn cynical to think that 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 is fake, right? I mean, maybe it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. You, I mean, you'd have to be pretty damn cynical to think that it, that is fake. Obviously, he's somebody who uh, they had issues with at first, attitude-wise, and ultimately you, you build your credibility back up via consistent action. But I think Atkins has done a good job with, with that room. This is not a team that has much talent on it. So you, you, you damn better have a good attitude as a team, right? And, and, and be all, you know, team first and supporting the team. It's notable that, that Lucas tweets this out to me though, because like Gibbons might come and take his spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think if we're going to read into Nico Marchio, not really saying much on Twitter uh, after, um, Oh, shoot. What's his name? We just talked about him. Duffy. D excuse me. Yeah. Uh, it's we, we, we do this one really early in the morning, by the way, guys, just in case you, you weren't familiar. Um, it's it's If we're going to note that Marchio was pretty quiet on Twitter after Duffy committed, then I think it, it is noteworthy that Dante Lucas tweets positive things about FSU taking a player who very well may come in and take his job. You know, at least at the very least, he's going to push him. Yeah, right. Certainly. Certainly. So uh, nothing but a good thing there. One other real quick uh, social media related thing. And again, not trying to make uh, too much out of this, but you certainly have an offensive line coach that uh, that, it, in my opinion, it's kind of finding his persona on social media or so. And I'm not saying you've got to master social media to be a great recruiter, uh, but it, it can certainly help. And, uh, you know, Sam Pittman, while he was at Georgia, did a great job of it, of, of turning it into a real tool as an asset and, and others, uh, you know, whether it be James Coley and Cuban coffee or all sorts of other, uh, you know, young guys on the trail who have kind of learned to make social an asset, uh, you know, asset, um, excuse me, uh, Atkins certainly uh, appears to be a rising star and has uh, found a way to kind of garner social and uh, look forward to seeing what next is out there. But uh, I, I think it's all, uh, you know, would I think we're all aware of the fact that Florida State has an up-and-comer at the offensive line position, and it's going to be fun to watch what he does, both on the recruiting trail and and uh, work in this room as, as much as possible and trying to turn it into a competent position group. Our offensive line coach is uh, is definitely, in my opinion, the most important coach you hire on a staff other than you know the, the head coach. So it's notable that FSU – Seems like they have a good one in Atkins. Uh, it also, I would say, if you put the effort into it, as an offensive line coach, it is easier to stand out on social media than maybe it is at other offens offensive mm. line coaching positions because a lot of these guys are sort of the older, uh, 
yeah. Can you use crustier, I guess? Ford, Ford F-150 type, maybe? Sure. Um, yeah, but like, I mean, you know, like Pittman to me is, is an F-150 type, but he leaned into the social media. I, I don't know hard. whether that was yeah. Georgia or, or his wife or whomever. Maybe he just loves social media himself. He's a very personable guy. You know, but if you talk to Atkins, he, he's, you know, I've met him a couple of times. Like he, he's very personable. It's easy to see how he would be a good recruiter. Uh, and he's leaned into it on, on social for sure. And I, I think that is, uh, that's a big help. There, there's no doubt. He, he's sort of creating a, a brand for himself, which helps Florida State, also helps him, right? Like you want to elevate your brand as a coach. Certainly. Uh, our brand has been nothing but elevated by joining with the people at Congruity. Uh, Matt Lewis, great asset for us, great asset for some of the uh, partners that they've since made uh, as since joining the Nolcast. Would encourage you to go to congruityhr.com, look at that, uh, see if it pairs well with you. And uh, thank you to Matt and his team for the support that they've given the Nolcast. So, Bud, this is just a quick instant reaction podcast. Want to get this out to you guys. Uh, in your podcast feeds as soon as possible. Like we said, we'll be back tonight to record a more traditional episode of the Nolcast. But good news here. Wanted to get it out to you as quickly as possible. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you later tonight. Hopefully you guys are able to listen to this while maybe maybe grabbing some lunch at Madso. I know we have Ruben Day coming up. Really excited about that too. Hit up Madso. Thanks for, for visiting all of our sponsors. And we'll talk to you all again in about 24 hours.